Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. I have to keep reminding myself that it's actually still springtime officially and uh, maybe we should just expect uh, springtime weather. But I'm getting a little, uh, I'm, I'm irritated. I'm irritated by it. But, uh, you know, that's how it is. And it uh, rained, rained at my house last night. Did it rain where you are? It's June. I used to tell people who wanted to get married outside in uh, July or in, in June, is it going to rain? I'm worried it might rain. And I looked it up one time. The odds of it raining on your wedding in June in Southern California are almost zero. I think you have a better chance of, of getting hit by a meteor or something like that. But if for some reason your wedding was uh, last night because you did it on the uh, on the cheap, which lots of people are doing now, uh, you might have got rained on. Hey, uh, lots of things going on locally, and I want to talk about uh, the, the fights that broke out at the Glendale School Board meeting last night here in Southern California in Los Angeles area in Glendale. And make a couple of points about that. If you were there... Uh, give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's been national news. It's on all the cable news stations. And there have been several protests over the past few weeks here in uh, Southern California and across the country that have uh, certainly escalated in in uh, loudness and number of people coming. And I want to make a couple of points. One is, as tempting as it is, don't throw a punch because then it just it changes the narrative of what you're trying to do. If you're trying to protest something, whatever it is, okay, whatever you might be out there, if you if you protest and you punch or you fight or you burn down a building or you do something, uh, you're you're hurting your cause. That's just the way it is. It's the way it's always is. If you study uh, the successes, you know of. Um, the civil rights movement, it happened because of Martin Luther King Jr.'s you know, urging of nonviolence. Uh, it matters. Uh, but it's very hard to do when somebody is in your face. And this is what happened. So in, in uh, Glendale, Antifa and some communist group actually showed up. Like literally those groups showed up. I know that uh, somebody once said Antifa is just an idea and doesn't exist. They do exist. And by the way, just as a, a, general, a general thought, if you show up somewhere for some protest and you feel like you need to cover your face and wear a mask or wear a sheet over your head or something like that, you are on the wrong side of the argument. Just a general rule. That's just something I think. I'm not talking about a mask because you're sick or something. I'm talking about the Antifa people always come and they've got a helmet on and they've covered their face. And, uh, you know, the old clan used to do that. And uh, probably maybe they still do that. I don't know. Uh, actually, some of those white, real white supremacists, I mean, actual white people who are actually white supremacists, uh, who unfortunately get some news time, you know, they're covering their face most of the time. And uh, so you don't know who they are. To, to me, if you don't want to show your face, you're probably on the wrong side of it. 
I can't really think of a reason why, if you were on the right side of an argument, that you wouldn't do. You might be wrong about something, but but you you somehow internally know, right, that you're you you're doing something wrong if you got to hide. Um, so anyway, these groups showed up, and what happens in uh, groups like Antifa and other groups is that they want to be instigators, but they're trained and they go through this. That you know, if somebody is pointing your finger you know, at you right in your face and like their finger is, you know, inches away from your nose or inches away from your chest, maybe not even inches, like they're just so close. It's very antagonistic and it's very hard to not want to swipe it away or very hard not to smack that person in the face, right? It's a human response, but it's deliberate in some cases to try to get you to do the violent thing because then you will be portrayed as the violent person. And in fact, you did the thing, you know, even though you were provoked, even though it's completely understandable in some cases why you would do that. My kids do this. They're 14 and 11, my boys, and the 14-year-old, maybe they're listening right now, but you know what, what I'm talking about. Uh, you, the 14-year-old will mock the 11-year-old who will eventually, you know, take a swing at him, and boys do that. And then the 11-year-old wants to know why he's in trouble for hitting his older brother. Well, they're both in trouble, but you just can't do it. You you. Don't want to escalate. Anyway, just just a thought. I know that many people are emotional about this if you're a part of it. Um, but in order for success to happen with the argument, a couple of things have to be clear. And I want to talk about that here. The number is 888-528-2557. Los Angeles Times headline about this, and this is uh, similar to headlines across the country. Three arrested outside Glendale School Board in violent clashes over LGBTQ plus rights. Uh, that headline is not correct, but that is the agenda. Three people were arrested Tuesday, according to the L.A. Times, at protests held outside of a meeting of the Glendale Unified School District Board where pro and anti-LGBTQ plus demonstrators faced off uh, over how schools teach gender and sexuality. And that, that last part is correct, but the whole idea uh, is somewhat correct. The whole idea that this is sort of, and this is what I saw in many headlines, it was pro-LGBTQ and anti-LGBTQ. But really what this is, is parents who have had enough with their grade schoolers being taught sexual things and not being told about it, not even in some cases around the country not being able to opt out. This is one parent. Her name is uh, Christine, and this is from Satakoy uh, School in North Hollywood where these protests have been happening. I'm Christine. I'm a mom here at the school. I have a seven-year-old. So why are you here today? We're here because um, the school planned on having an assembly to talk to our kids about matters that we think that the kids are too young to um, talk about just yet. And um, we planned a walkout today, and none of our kids are here for that assembly today. Um, And why is it bad for these children to be exposed to this sort of ideology? Well, because they're too young to talk about sex, and you can't talk about same-sex families and couples and relations without talking about sex. We just don't think that seven-year-olds are ready to um, have those discussions yet. We think that seven-year-olds, or even up to the fifth grade, they're here to learn, and they're here to play, and they're not here to be sexualized and talk about topics that are beyond them right now. Seven years old. There's no way I would talk to my kids about anything sexual when they were in the second grade. Not a chance. And at some point, I remember having some conversation with James, my oldest, who really wanted to know where babies came from. And he was seven or eight, maybe. And I did everything I could successfully, by the way, to avoid actually getting into that conversation. And then he forgot about it. You know, he's smart enough to think about, you know, all the stuff, but you 
I didn't want to go there. It had nothing to do with LGBTQ. It had to do with biology. It had to do with subjects I didn't want to get into and uh, boys and girls and things that I felt he was too young. We talked earlier this week about the Bible being banned from Utah schools because it's violent or vulgar in different areas. And I said that that argument actually proves the whole point because somebody was doing that kind of vindictively about the Bible. Well, if you're going to ban those books, then we're going to ban the Bible. Okay, well, you're proving the point because we do that in church. We we do not have the full story of Noah or the full story of Lot and his daughters, and we do not have a lot of full stories in the kids program at your church uh, that's there. Remember the flannel graph thing, the little felt board, and you had the little people on there, and then they would fall off, and you'd laugh as a little kid. There, There's no naked Noah. There's no drunk naked Noah that you put on the flannel graph and uh, told the second graders uh, what's going on there. You didn't go there. You, you just don't. It's because we know. See, people know and parents know. And so one of the things that I think is important here, and, and something I think that we should see is that there is, there is a difference in what is happening here. It's being portrayed in the media today and much of the media as sort of pro or anti-pride or pro and anti-LGBTQ. But what's happened is this is something that's clearly about an indoctrination of some people will call it uh, transgenderism or other stuff, but it's an ideology. It's, this isn't about love is love. This isn't about let people live. It's not that. It is an ideology to teach little kids about these things that's driven by a great many things, in my opinion, mostly money, because the the programs and the medical stuff, it's very lucrative for those who are involved with it, ultimately. Uh, now, there's a few things, you know, that uh, that go on uh, that bring the pride thing into it, sort of in general. The Dodgers are dealing with that. But it's also about kids and that whole program there. Do you really want to bring your kids uh, to a group that is anti-religion? And doing this, uh, sports players in hockey and some in baseball are saying, I don't really think I should wear the rainbow hats and stuff. There's a there's a piece of that. But there is a big piece here that is about kids, and it's not about right and left. And this is where I think it's important for us. Anybody listening, if you've got kids or grandkids or if you were once a kid, this cannot be something that turns into right and left. Because if it is, number one, you're, you know, the kids are going to lose. Number two, that's not what this is. Because there are people from all walks of life, people who voted all sorts of ways, who have said, I don't want my kids taught sexual things when they're seven years old. In fact, there are even gay groups out there. One of the fastest growing uh, gay groups in the country is called Gays Against Groomers. And uh, they're getting portrayed as right wing and everything. But they're showing up to these protests. This is Meg Martinez, who was at Glendale last night. My name is Meg Martinez. I'm the co-director of Trappers with Gays Against Groomers. And why are we here today? We're here to help support the parents and speak up for them and their parents' rights. They are teaching very explicit things to young kids. They're forcing upon an agenda that doesn't necessarily align with a lot of the parents' values and not allowing the parents to offer kids out of those lessons, which I know most people know our organization is anti-hate, anti-gay. We are not that at all. We just want kids to preserve their innocence as long as possible. We didn't need anybody to teach us our sexuality. Now, is there something wrong with keeping kids innocent as long as possible? Is this something that we should do? What does that even mean uh, to you? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Is it important? How long is it important to keep your your kids' innocence? And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from here, that this is about 
keeping kids innocent. And it isn't just right people against left people. This isn't, you know, people who are against homosexuality versus people who are for homosexuality or gay marriage or things that were old arguments. This is about indoctrinating children. That's why you have even gay people who are saying, no, this shouldn't be done to kids. This should not be done here. Meg Martinez can, uh, continues this way. So when do you think that that would be a, like a good thing to be teaching in school or should it not be at all? I agree that we do need to let kids know that there are different types of people in the world. Some girls like girls, some girls like boys. There are some people who feel different than what they were born as. But as long as we teach love, peace, and respect and kindness to each other, that's what really matters. Save the explicit and all the detailed talk for later in the education system. It does not belong in elementary school. See, I think that is the consistent place. And it's not just here in Southern California. It's across the country. And this isn't religious people only. It's people from across the spectrum. People who have, who understand that there's, there needs to be a certain innocence with kids. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. I think that this you know, I like I said, I don't like the the violent kind of thing erupting. I think as these protests, I heard there were 800 people, I guess, there last night, um, and so that's a lot of people. And when you get more and more people, there's more and more. It's more and more likely that something will happen that's violent. Try not to be goaded by that. I think that's what, you know, if you're a part of it, I think that's what Jesus is talking about when he says turn the other cheek, because he's not asking you to be a wimp. He's making sure that you show the other side for who they are. See, if you go down there and you just want to clobber people for any reason, well, then you've got your own problem, right? You're, you're in sin too, a different kind. But there is something to it when you are uh, standing there and Jesus says, uh, when somebody sues you for your cloak, give them your tunic as well. And the whole picture there is you standing there uh, naked and somebody has taken your clothes. You know, who is the bad person there in that picture? It's the other person. Right. You're you're making sure that everybody who is viewing this sees the other person for their sin, which is meant to bring them to repentance because they see their sin. But it's also meant to force that in society. It's just the way it is, you know, in the civil rights movements when and many people disagreed with Martin Luther King on this. But the reason we've got a memorial and the reason there's roads and the reason we revere him today is because he stuck to his guns on the notion of nonviolence. Nonviolence is not pacifism at all, not the same thing. I don't think Jesus is, in the Bible, a pacifist at all. Nonviolent is, is having the self-control to know when you, you are able to show people their sin in another way. He's not saying if somebody punches you in the face, don't defend yourself. That's not, that's not what that is. But when people marched in civil rights against Jim Crow and against other things that were going on, and they were peaceful. And the people who wanted to discriminate and who were evil turned the fire hoses on them or got violent themselves. People watching that could not help but see which side was wrong, which side was morally wrong. And progress is made with that. that so that, that fits into this. It's just, it's just something that I think it's important to be out there as a parent. I'm with you. you I think we have to speak up for the kids here. And we have to make sure this doesn't become whoever you want for president. I think voting has something to do with it. You know, at some point, if you're upset with how the world is going today, if you don't like what's happening here in California, well, we keep voting for the same people in California. Different faces, but same people, same philosophies. 
that has to change. That's that is a part of it. You know, if you don't like what the school board is doing in your neighborhood, uh, well, they got voted in. Okay, by people or or half of us, two thirds of us, usually when it comes to school boards, didn't vote at all. Actually, it's even more than that. I think when it gets to that part of the ballot, most people, I think it's maybe only 25 percent, maybe less than that, actually cast a vote on school board Um, by not voting, by not paying attention, by not doing your civic duty on that. uh, You're part of the problem. It does matter. In uh, in Maryland, a group of Muslims were protesting very loudly because of the same issues of the curriculum being taught to children. And uh, this was a huge deal. The media doesn't really know how to handle this. There's a lot of people at that protest, a lot of people, and they're chanting, it's not your children, they're not your children. And that gets into the the issue here is who gets to teach these things? Who, you know, when does the parents' rights end and the public right begin? That is core to the issue. I think the parents' rights are paramount in these things. And parents may not agree. There might be parents who go home and teach their kids all the same things that the church is or that the school is teaching. But it's it becomes something else when the school is saying or the state is saying or guiding through law that these are the things that are going to be taught. And especially when what's getting uncovered, and this is what has happened in the Maryland situation, is parents were left out of the loop on purpose. That parents weren't told and they were shocked to of the kind of things that their little kids were told and uh they're threatening in uh maryland to vote differently are you gonna vote next year say yes are you gonna vote next year say yes i'll bet most of those people are democrats not Republicans, not righties. I bet most of those people probably voted for Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably true. Uh, you know, that, and that's, that's a piece here that can't get lost in the argument. So in a lot of the issues that we talk about today, there is so much work going on to divide and divide and divide. And we see that here when this gets misreported, that this is just left versus right. Um, a couple of websites put out that this was Antifa versus a bunch of white supremacists. These were white supremacist uh, Muslims, apparently. Um, and it's just out there to keep the division going. Because I don't think when parents get together, I think people who have very different views, even on gay issues, even on issues of LGBTQ+, I believe that when it comes to kids that people are and parents' rights are much closer together. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's what I would like to uh, – that's what I, I think is definitely true. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. April in Burbank, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good. How are you, April? Good. Hey, so I was not physically there last night, but I watched the whole thing on live stream. Um, yeah. But my committee was there. And what's the committee so- that you're talking about? My committee, we are actually called Diversity Voter Pack. Um, we are 
we are just a get-out-the-vote pack. Everyone, we want everyone to vote, no matter who they are and what they believe. Okay. Because you're absolutely right that people are not voting. Yeah. And um, especially in in Burbank. Um, so anyone listening, you know, there's another there's another hashtag going on out there on Twitter, and it is that um, Armenians are going to save California. <laughs> right. <laughs> you and, know, I, I find it really uh, there's some. It's remarkable, really, that, you know, when you really get into this, that it's going to be multiple different groups who I think have been pushed too far when it comes to their kids here. Absolutely. And I am a parent in the area. I am very concerned about it. Um, Just because my pack is called that, it also means diversity of thought, which we are lacking so much in our school right. system. Well, and there's a there the diversity of thought is a is a huge deal. See, and that's what I mean when I'm talking about agendas and ideology. You're not allowed to have diversity of thought. Right. Right. It's that heavy. and that's a huge deal. There's lots of different groups of people. You're just not allowed to have diversity of thought. And, and that is what I witnessed last night. Yes. Even though I wasn't in the crowd, it was you one thing they were shouting was um uh there's, we don't want fa- something about fasc- no fascism in America, but their ideology is basically if you do not align with everything we think, despite the fact that we don't have kids in this district or kids at all, yeah. that, that you're a hater, you're a white supremacist, and we want to erase you. And the idea that but, you can't have diversity of thought is the fascism, right? if we're going to use that. I think that we, is I think, the fascism. You know, I think we use that yep. word incorrectly. Most people don't know what it means. But the the irony of Antifa is they're the fascist, actually, as far as uh, you know, or at least closer to that as far as actual behavior. It's also, you know, on the the far left, uh, Marxism is the same tactic is you have mm-hmm. to shut down opinions that are different than that of the ruling elite. And Absolutely. that is very dangerous. And uh, you have to destroy the family. That is part of the agenda. That's that's not really LGBTQ in the sense of of you know protecting individuals or your friends it's using that as a wedge to continue to break down the family and by doing so you give more power to the state yes and that's where i think the lgbtq community has it wrong with especially armenians i think uh, in my opinion that there's such a close-knit tight and, and the latinos even too that they're so close knit family family is first that is like that is where the trigger is is trying to get in between so where the violence broke out is they're they're saying you know it was a, a lot of headlines are saying it was an armenian man and antifa that's correct as far as i know but they 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 have nothing on the armenian community the armenians yeah. in their tight-knit community they're going to save us <laughs> it's just something that uh, and i appreciate and april i appreciate what you're doing i think getting out the vote and getting people yeah. to get involved because i i really believe there's plenty of things that people will will disagree about uh, size of government taxation there's a lot of stuff where you can be left and right and that's good to have that conversation but i think on a lot of these issues most people are on the same page when it comes to kids and parental rights and things like that 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 somehow they've become afraid usually afraid to be called a name or called a racist or a bigot or whatever it is uh, that is the name of the day. And maybe people are learning that they don't need to be afraid of that, that it's a very tiny, very tiny group of people that are controlling that. Anyway, I got to. And I'd like to see some Armenians run for school board. 
Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. April, I'm overdue here. i got to go to a break. Appreciate yeah, nope. your call. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Take your calls as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Now, what would you say to the people that would say that this is probably, um, or that you hate gays or hate people that are part of the LGBTQ uh, community? Right. I, I hear them screaming, no more hate. We have not hated anyone. We have been in this community for years. Um, the rainbow flag has been in the school for years. The transsexual teacher has been at the school for years. There have been no incidents, no hate. Um, we ha- we also are not protesting them. We're protesting the LAUSD and the school for talking to our kids about a topic that we think parents should talk to their kids about. So there's no hate against anyone. We love them just as much as they love us. That was a mom from uh, Satakoy School at a protest and explaining, you know, everybody's uh, being called a hater and uh, proud boys. That's what uh, that's what the Armenians were called by <laughs> by some people in the media. They were the proud boys all of a sudden. Same people who attacked the uh, Capitol are attacking a school in Glendale. A lot of names just because of that disagreement. And this parent is wise to point out, hey, you know what? The rainbow flag's been here for years. They've had Pride Month and different things for years. A transgender teacher has been there for years. What has changed? Something has changed. And it's what happens is that the agenda is targeted the kids. I'm telling you, it's the kids that has pushed people into this new place. And if I can just tell you, you know, something, I support, you know, teachers who want to teach and be educators. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had a guest on from Christian, uh, I always get this wrong, it's Christian Educators, um, which is a great organization um, for teachers who are, uh, Christians in the public school system, christianeducators.org, check it out. And uh, we support you. But I'm telling you that because I got to tell you this, this is why it's time to get your kids out. Because there are so many things that are being done, not necessarily by the teacher you like. It might not even be most teachers. Some of the schools, it's one person who's bringing the agenda in, but sometimes it's the whole school board. Sometimes it's massive and there is a movement among many to indoctrinate your kids and to take away their innocence. Um, It's time. And I know that's hard. You're talking about homeschool or you're talking about private school. But I'll tell you what, you know, you can do it. I just want to encourage you that it is something that you can do. And I think that's how you fix the public schools ultimately. Make them compete educationally. Make them stop with these other social agendas and get with the program with math and science and English and other stuff. And uh, we have a program, by the way, at KKLA. It's called Half Price Tuition. And uh, you can go to kkla.com and click the banner for that. Basically, here's how it works. You pay half price for private Christian school tuition next year, and KKLA pays the rest. And it's a pretty big deal. If you've been dealing with this, you know, you've been saying, I don't know how to get started. I want to do this. It's hard. It's a financial commitment. I get it. Kirstie and I are making that commitment, and it's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. And, you know, there are lots of fun things we could do that we're not doing because we're investing in our kids. 
And but I'll also tell you this: we've had amazing, amazing help that we believe is from the Lord. That things have worked out, that things have happened, and we think it's a great investment. So check it out, kkla.com. Click on the half price tuition. We're going to do a show on that coming up on the 20th of June, and uh, we'll be uh, having those sales uh, go on. So you want to get involved with that. And, um, you know, if you've been thinking about it or homeschooling, there's so many different ways to do it. I think it matters. The innocence of your kids matters. Where does, you know, how do you deal with that as a parent? If you're a parent or grandparent, you're dealing with it. When do you have not just conversations about sexual matters? I've had those with both of my boys, but there's other things. There's things going on in the news. There is conversation about war. There's conversation about politics. There's all kinds of different things that I think are matters of of innocence. When I was a kid, um, the Vietnam War was going on when I was a real little kid. And my parents, I remember them watching the news, and I remember, and I watched some TV. My favorite show was Bowling for Dollars. Remember, that was Chick Hearn and uh, Bowling for Dollars. And uh, I used to like game shows. Somehow, though, I have no memory. I have a lot of memory of those shows and a lot of memory as a little kid of, of Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and those Electric Company, those kinds of shows. I have no memory of the Vietnam War. I didn't know anything about it. And I have no memory of Watergate and the Nixon fall and all of that stuff. Like, I don't think I became, and I became aware probably as a younger kid about politics. I definitely got into the nerdy stuff towards the end of the uh, Carter administration. But I was also experiencing the gas lines and the malaise. It was something you felt as a kid. And maybe I was old enough to start understanding it. But I appreciate it that my parents shielded me from that. Like, I never heard them talk about it. I never saw any images on the television that I remember that seemed to affect me. There's a reason for that that there's a certain age where that's just not good for you. There's a certain age where you, you know, we call it innocence because there's something great about childhood and being safe and being protected from the realities of the world. Now, some people's innocence gets shattered because of tragedy or because of crimes that are committed against them. And that's what, and we know that that is something that's hard to deal with as you grow older. Everybody agrees with that. And that's why as parents, we are just so incensed that the school system is taking it upon themselves to take away the innocence. We're talking about little kids here, beginning sometimes even in preschool, and then five years old, six years old, seven years old. Why? Uh, there are some reasons that I think are, are pretty bad, and it's not right and left. And I think that's the danger. You, parents will lose if this turns into something that's just partisan, and we can't go there. I think as Christians, that's something that that happens a lot. If we turn things into to partisan things or even religious things, when really, you know, when it comes to issues like marriage and other stuff, yes, the, there is biblical marriage. And the idea that is clear in the scripture is that marriage is between one man and one woman, and that that is how God designed it. That's what we should be about as Christians. That's what Christian marriage should be about. And But there's also something else, though. God isn't doing that because he's a meanie. God isn't doing that because he's saying, I'm God, and I'm just going to put some arbitrary rules down there. When God tells us how to live, when God says this is the best way or this is the right way, it's because it works. It's because it builds society. You know, any study that you look at today, why is the the culture falling apart? Well, it's the, in, in old cultures, not just our cultures, but Rome or other cultures, what happens? It's the disintegration of the family. 
you know, and people spend a lot of time, you know, worried about gay marriage. But even by the time that debate was going on, and that happens in 2014, 15, divorce was just ravaging the church. I mean, there was so much in marriage in our country that was messed up really bad long before that argument. It's much bigger than that. We're having trouble because we're not raising our kids that way. And I know that many of you listening are in a situation where that's not possible right now because of different things. But that doesn't mean that it isn't what is the ideal sense. And I think we have to get a a sense of what, what God is commanding us to do isn't always easy. And it's definitely not where the culture is, you know, the narrative and culture wants to take you. But God isn't giving us commands and God isn't giving us uh, statements about wisdom and life and family and relationships because he's just trying to set down some rules to see if you can keep them. He's doing it because he loves you and there is an ideal. There is a better way to go in this world that's fallen and sinful and, you know, it doesn't always work out, but there is something that's good to pursue. 888-528-2557, talking about the innocence of children. David and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi, how are you? I'm good, David. How are you? All right. A little nervous. (laughs) Oh, don't be nervous. Is this your first time calling our show? Yeah, it's my first time calling anybody. Oh, well, here, I I got some music for you. You ready? Hooray! (laughs) It's just you and me on the phone. It's just you and me on the phone, David. What's on your oh, mind? Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one caller talking about the, the voting and everything, and uh, school boards, and that's important. But like I was going into work this morning and uh, listening to the radio and the news, and one of the school board members responded and said, "Well, we're just following state law," and they got to remember that it's coming from the top all the way down. And that the, who, the people that they put in the office, not just on the school board, but all the way up to the governor mm-hmm. and all the people that they appoint up there in Sacramento. I mean, this is all coming from them. So it has to change, you know, from everybody all the way down. Every Everything matters. Board. You're correct on that, that, you know, yeah. there are lots of things that aren't dealt with by Sacramento and or by local government, right? There's plenty of things that are in our own families and our own communities, our own neighborhoods. There's a lot more that we can be doing outside of the vote. And we definitely need to do that. But our right to vote, the purpose of it is it will help with these things. If we're upset about the homelessness issue in California, um, there's always going to be homeless people, I think. There's always going to be a drug problem, I think. But I think we can make it a lot better if we change policy when we th- see that things don't work. And the only way you do that is yeah, you, you vote. Yeah. Well, I know at the school board level that the uh, the demonstration, if enough school boards start uh, resisting, uh, then, yeah, there will be an effect. But uh, the people that they put up there in Sacramento, uh, I think that's what that's where it all starts. Yep, there's a lot going on, and we don't pay attention. David, thank you for your call. Good call. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I do have to take a break. I see your call, Ted, and uh, we'll take your calls at uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. We've been talking about the conflicts that are going on with the schools and uh, the LGBTQ plus agendas uh, towards little kids. I hesitate even almost to say that because there's there are so many people who are even would consider themselves part of that community who don't believe we should be teaching that stuff to kids. And that's part of the difficulty in these conversations is that I think parents from across the spectrum think that we need to protect our kids' innocence. I certainly do. And my kids are at this age now where I got to start letting them know stuff, you know, and we watch the news and uh, we we pay attention to stuff. And I feel, you know, it's important. It's part of growing up. And I'm happy about that. But there's also part of me that, I don't know, I guess I'm a little sad about it. I'm a little sad that I'm having grown-up conversations now with my kids, partly because they grow up and you start to count, you know, how many more years you got and those kinds of things, but also because there's something nice about kids who don't have to worry about that. Uh, There's something nice where kids can just be kids. I always tell my kids, be a kid as long as you can be a kid. Now, you got to grow up. That's that's a whole nother topic that uh, I think we, in so many ways, we want to stay kids, and we can't. we got to be grown-ups. 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Scott. Ted, City of Angels, for sure. Um, I, what a blessing. I mean, this is the deal. Um, what You always hear in the inner city with the black community, definitely they'll say no justice no peace. And the bottom line is if you don't have peace for your families and peace for these little kids, there is no justice. And I am so glad that they're finally getting stirred up. And I love the fact that the Armenian people who have been in California forever, um, they invented the wine country here, and they are deep Christians and they know what persecution is from where they come from and through the genocide that went on with them. And I am so glad to finally see people stepping up and not turning this into a race thing and uh, um, singling out people and using, uh, turning, demonizing white people when it has nothing to do with color. It has to do with our children. It has to do with our biblical leanings. And anybody that, that, that is not concerned with their children, uh, they definitely need to have their head examined. I think and sometimes people don't believe it, right, that this is ha- – or they don't think it's happening in their school or they don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, that is uh, – that's a place we have to get beyond. And, you know, I think, Ted, and I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling Pastor Scott's show. I think that that today there's a lot of people who are seeing the fact that they're being divided on on issues that should have nothing to do with race – about kids, about parenting. And I I think we're breaking through that in a whole lot of ways. I think that we need to not be ignorant about the fact that people have different experiences based on uh, how they grew up or where they grew up or what their backgrounds are and different things, but that at the end of the day, we have an awful lot in common, everybody does, and one of those things is protecting our kids' innocence. I think we know that, and I think that we have seen the, the damage that's being done. We talked before about, you know, the need to vote, and, you know, these things, one of the things I'm happy about with the protests that are going on and people speaking up is that this is not an election year. I would say, a, you know, a place that 
frustrates me is that we sort of care about things every two years or every four years, and then the election happens, and you win or lose, and then you don't care for a couple of years, right? That seems to be what happens. We can't do that. The pressure has to be on particular, and I think we're seeing that because of where we're at with kids. I looked up what the uh, the how Californians vote, and uh, it's remarkable when you think about this. I mean, how, how would you picture uh, California, right? We are a uh, blue state. We're a blue state in uh, most of the left coast anyway, you know, west of the I-5. Almost entirely uh, liberal people voted into office in all the major cities, and I think all of the counties now um, on the coastal side um, you know, we're we're pretty much a one-party state. Sacramento is uh, super majorities. Uh, and, and I would say that that's bad for either side, right? If we were all Republican, that that would create another problem, different problems, but there would be problems because you've got to have debate. You've got to have back and forth. But here's the thing I find interesting about California. Uh, more than eight in 10 eligible Californians are registered to vote. That's pretty good. Right. That's uh, that's pretty good. And we live in a state. I don't I don't like the mail ballots because I think there's lots of problems with those. However, it means that there's no excuse really not to vote. You're going to get a ballot in the mail. And if you live in Temecula last year, I think you got two or three. So, you know, you get lots of opportunities to vote. But here's what I find really interesting among people who are typically voters. All right. Forty seven percent are Democrats, 26% are Republicans, and 22% are independents, 5% with other parties. Um, about half of, of the people actually vote. So most people are registered. Most people could vote. It's simple to vote. But of people who rarely vote, 44% of them are Democrats, 33% are independents, 19% are Republicans. Ideologically, this is how the vote breaks down in California. 39% are politically liberal, 31% moderate, whatever that means, 31% are conservative. Among the infrequent voters, like people who don't vote, 28% say they are liberal, 42% are moderates, 30% are conservatives. I find that really interesting that you hear so much from uh, conservative people, and I'm going to say the moderate people probably are people who say they're independents. There's more independents than, you know, so they're, they're people who are independent, but probably lean more to the right, tends to be on some issues, and 42% are unlikely to vote. That, you know, we, we have brought this upon ourselves. And when a small number of people vote, that means the people who are the most active, the people who really get out there, who really have a passion for an agenda, whether it be right or wrong, they're going to win. That is going to happen. So whatever the case is, I'd encourage you to vote when that time comes. And you're not going to vote for a year. But don't lose that passion. And in this state, you don't have an excuse. you got a ballot. It's, it's mailed to you. Study those people. Uh, and what they're for, because what you're witnessing, if you don't like what's happening in California, I mean, if you do like it, well, then vote for the same people. But if you don't like what's going on, forget about party, forget about left and right. Instead, I think we need to consider what's up and what's down. What is actually going to help people? Not what just sounds good, not just what feels compassionate and feels loving and what is going to not cause any conflict with people who want to cause conflict with you. What is true? What is going to actually help people and do that? And I would encourage you to be involved in your kid's school, your grandkid's school. Go to the, even if there's no controversy, go to the board meeting. It's a B-O-R-E-D meeting. I know it's boring, 
most of the time, go anyway. You might find that it's a lot less boring when you figure out what actually is being done. And I think that's something that's new is that people have not paid attention, but they're paying attention now because of the COVID. And I think that's good. And I think that we should work hard to figure out where we agree, because I think, and we're seeing that, I think, on these issues, that actually people agree on a whole lot of stuff when it comes to our kids. I think people agree that we want our kids to be able to read. I was reading about a school district in uh, Mississippi that's getting national attention because they hold firm now. Uh, They were 50th in reading, last, dead last in reading, uh, which is only five or six ahead of California or behind California, by the way. Uh, They're moving up in that. And one of the things that they decided to do, this is public school, okay? They decided they won't move, they will not promote you out of the third grade unless you can read at a third grade level. They won't. They will not do it. They refuse to do it. And you know what happens is suddenly they have eighth graders who can read at an eighth grade level. And suddenly they are putting people, uh, they're educating people. And it's people of all backgrounds in wealthy communities and poor communities, everybody, because that was the rule. If you can't read, you're going to be held back. And if you're 75 years old and you still can't read, you're still in the third grade. That's the philosophy. Those things are good. And there's no reason we can't do that in California unless we continue to vote for the same people who aren't concerned about those things. This is something that we all need to do. We need to do it for each other. It matters. And we need to do it in a way where our voices are bold and loud enough to be heard and where we avoid the violence and where we calmly say if we're being, you know, misconstrued deliberately, which I think is what's happening, it's no, I don't hate these people. No, this has been going on a long time. I think that kids deserve their innocence. I think kids need to learn how to read. It's far more important than political right and left. They can learn that later. I think kids need to learn math. I think they need to learn science. They need to learn what those things are. We need educated kids and not sexualized kids. And we need kids to hold on to their innocence. I think think almost every parent believes in that. And I don't think there's that that much difference in how we get there, frankly, if we really thought about it. Hey, if you want to get the podcast, the Pastor Scott Show podcast is available at kkla.com. You can get any hour of our show there or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, a lot of people like those. There's other other apps and things you can do. Get the podcast, and if you like the show or you think it might be interesting to somebody you know, send it to them, and uh, we'd love to have you do that. Plus, you can post it on your uh, social media. You can follow me on social media also. Just look for Scott Furrow. And I think I'm Scott Furrow on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm the Scott Furrow on Instagram because somebody else took Scott Furrow, and uh, shame on them. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned.